My name is Dwayne Default, and welcome to Selling SaaS, a daily podcast that's built to get you quick hits of the best advice from the top experts for go-to-market strategies, sales, and product-led growth. The goal of this podcast is to help you learn more, get better, and execute in 10 minutes or less. Now let's get into today's episode. From your guys' perspective, like Aspireship, and since you guys are on the talent and the skill acquisition side, what has been some of the biggest things you've guys seen over the last 18 months? Uh, and, and you can answer that question anyway, because I know it's a broad question, but I feel like that covers two really important topics. Yeah. So I think over the last 18 months, we've seen a lot. I would say that it's kind of astounding the way that most teams are built. Um, so the whole hiring process is really challenging. The whole thesis of why I started the business in the first place was that hiring is really difficult um, and making transitions is really difficult. And because hiring is so difficult, whether it's talent teams or leaders, you say to yourself, and we've all done this, if you're looking for someone to sell software to auto repair shops, the first thing that you ask yourself is, who's sold software to auto repair shops? Right. Like help me find that person. Right. And then you see somebody come along or somebody that's recommended and they go, Oh, they worked in this industry that's just like ours, selling a product at our price point and our sales cycles and whatever. Like, this is amazing. We got to get this person. And it's like, do you know anything about this person? <laughs> right. Except for the fact that they were able to get hired <laughs> in this role and not lose the job in the first year, like or the first six months or whatever. Like, that is what you know about this person. And the more time I spend with this, the more it plays out in different ways. So what I mean is, first, it was all about SaaS experience. Then once you kind of get over that hurdle, then it's about the industry experience, meaning the vertical, insurance, automotive, B2B this, whatever it is, ad tech, right? And this stuff just plays itself out over and over again. And so... Like you said, I think before we started shooting, you know, history repeats itself. And so the human nature part of this, it just keeps manifesting itself and, you know, different things. And, and, uh, you know, someday it'll be like, oh, I don't hire anybody who hasn't had metaverse experience or <laughs> like, who, you know, who knows what's coming. <laughs> Web three. Web three. They got to yeah. sell with a VR thing on their face. What's crazy is I, when I was selling into automotive software years ago, I was a regional manager, I managed Northeast territory. And I, I remember sitting down and talking to an auto group, large, large auto group out in North. Uh, to, so this, this person owned, uh, I think like 20 different dealerships. And it was like, how do you set the tone for hiring? He was like, I don't hire anyone from any other dealership. I was like, is that because of competitive? He's like, no, they have all the bad habits. It takes longer to undo what has been done than just teach someone green. He's like, plus the person who's coming in fresh usually has more energy and actually wants to do the job. Someone that's had eight or nine years working at the same place or selling to the same type of customer, they typically don't have the hunger left. They're just trying to not lose their job. And it's like, and I thought that was unique to automotive back then, but it, it's something that I continue to hear where it's like, it takes a certain type of person, but at the same time, it's almost better in a lot of situations to ignore what they've sold. I look at when I'm placing reps at a, a company I'm working with, I look more for domain experience. Do, and, and and that's that's like 
the type of company, not the customer or or the comp plan, but it's like, hey, if you sold into like if you're an SDR and you've and you've sold into outbound, you know what it's like to dial from a list and log everything in the back end process, you know what the outcome's supposed to be, you know, the primary KPIs, rather than hey, you've sold into a construction company before. Like I would take the person with domain experience that's had success doing that over someone who knows the day in the life of a contractor, because like you said, who knows? And I've had more success finding and placing candidates, prioritizing the domain experience rather than anything else, because it's like, they don't have to be taught how to log activity in a CRM. They don't have to be taught, you know, the importance of a follow-up call. Like they know that or like product-led growth, that whole thing the last few years. It's like finding someone that has experience selling into a trial. They, they know the difference in what to look for. Like I don't, it, it's, and that's been a shift for me when hiring because I used to have the same mentality. Oh, I need to find someone when I was building a team for a construction tech company. I was like, I need to find someone who's worked in construction. I need to find someone who's done this. And almost every time the candidate just like fell on their face. I was like, oh my gosh. And I have plenty of stories after that where it's like I hired people that had no sales experience, but they were hungry. They were curious and they were willing to go do the work. And there, I mean, there's a handful of them that I know that I still am in contact with that are just amazing individuals. I've done so much. So it's, it's interesting to see my mindset change towards hiring and what to look for in a, you know, quote unquote quality candidate. But then to see that same story continuing to repeat itself in other situations, even though there's been very little signs of success using that. I don't, I don't know what keeps people repeating that unless like, oh, we haven't gotten it right yet. Oh, we haven't gotten it right yet. Oh, we haven't gotten it right yet. Like, it's interesting. I know one of the companies that do the 30-person hiring class. <laughs> yeah, that too. Look, we're all looking for cheat codes. That's ultimately what it comes down to, right? And so for some, that's find me a lookalike of exactly the role, exactly the type of company, exactly all these things. And then for others, substitute it with something else. You know, I'll go to conferences and I'll hear like, oh, you know who we find a lot of success with is teachers because teachers are like this. And it's like, well, you're doing it again. <laughs> you're doing it again. Yeah. Right. So if they're a teacher, that works. But otherwise, like, don't send me a physical therapist. Right. And yeah. <laughs> OK. Like it's sort of they need to do then. Yeah. I mean, look, the hard thing is it's about capability. Measuring capability is difficult. We have figured out how to do that in a very efficient way for a, I would say, a niche set of use cases today. But I believe that sometime in the future, you know, probably when we're both still alive, this whole thing's going to get thrown out and there will be a some kind of system for measuring capability across roles and we're going to forget about all these cheat codes. But until then... People are going to keep inventing ways to say like, well, if they've done this, then that checks the box for me. And it's just, it's all, they're all data points, but it's not enough to make up the entirety of a person and, and predict what's going to work well. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Selling SaaS Podcast. And if you got value from today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget, we'll be here for you tomorrow so you can learn, grow, and execute in 10 minutes or less. Thank you.